It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me are my co-hosts, Kayla Morton and Alessandro Zanator. How are you guys both doing? Good. Hey. That was actually perfect. We're going to keep it with that. Um... We're also joining us again. Uh, you can basically say recurring guest now, um, special guest. However, TV likes to credit it, but uh, here is uh, Braden Holsey. Am I saying your last name properly, by the way? Oh yeah, it's uh, Holacek. I guess I didn't even Holacek. link to that in the past. Because I heard uh, Ian no big say, deal. I heard Ian say it that way. I'm like, oh, is Ian saying it wrong? Oh wait, am I saying it wrong? Oh boy. No, that's no big deal. I guess I didn't even like catch it or think of it in the past. In the past, how many times have we spoken? Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, so that we figured that out. So there you go, everyone. It's it's hol- holocheck. I, I already forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, holocheck. <laughs> okay, that's a great start. Uh, kicking that off. Um, all right, at least we're doing better than the Ravens did. Um, oh. Spoiler. Um, anyway, so yeah. So as you can tell from that offhanded comment, we are just uh, we just witnessed the divisional round. Um, you know, so well, one upset, I suppose. That you know. Three of the four home teams and favored teams got through. One didn't. Um, so quickly to recap those, I mean, we had the 49ers-Vikings game, which I thought was a, actually a pretty close game early. Uh, both teams scored in the opening possession. It was it was 14-10 at halftime in favor of the 49ers. So it seemed like a good game. And then uh, San Francisco suddenly stopped throwing the football and just ran it the whole time, and the Vikings couldn't stop it. And they... 27-10 resulted as the final score. Um, any, you know, comments about this game in particular? 
Yeah, um, Tevin Coleman was a standout running back in this game, despite, you know, our preview and multiple reports saying that the 49ers, 49ers were just going to roll with uh, Mostert as a starter. Um, I'm pretty sure Coleman had two touchdowns, right? Yes, he did. So, yeah, he scored two touchdowns um, and took them away from Mostert. And he also had more than 20 carries. Uh, so, you know, them saying they're rolling with Mostert, either something happened or they decided to change their game plan uh, because they saw a better matchup with Coleman, whatever reason. I mean, we knew that Tevin Coleman was the starter going into the season and then his injury kind of backed him up a little bit. And he did reemerge as a committee starter and then it flopped back and forth. But we all saw the Mostert in the final weeks of the season and, you know, their first, well, this was their first playoff game, but the final weeks of the season and then the first playoff game, he was supposed to be the starter um, just by the way that the end of the season finished. Uh, and then they switched back to Tevin Coleman. So I thought that was interesting. It obviously worked for them, uh, but that's not something that I was expecting. I mean, technically Cole, uh, Mostert was the starter. I mean, you got the first couple cracks and he got 12 carries. So it's not as if he was completely phased out. Actually, I guess I didn't really read through the, the stats. I'm really off my game today. <laughs> I am the Ravens. Um, but yeah, as, as, as Kayla mentioned, Coleman, uh, 22 carries, 105 yards and the two rushing touchdowns. Interesting kind of fact here. They didn't target any running back one time. Uh, Debo Samuel had six targets. Emmanuel Sanders, I guess he only had two. But uh, Kendrick Bourne and George Kittle had five each. And that was it. That's where all the targets went. <laughs> he only threw the ball 19 times. And again, none to the running backs. They ran them all a lot. Even Matt Breida got eight. eight uh, he, yeah, he got eight carries. And he also fumbled again. So I doubt that we see any more Matt Breida because he's fumbled the last couple games. Um yeah, as mentioned, Garoppolo, only 19 attempts, uh, 131 yards, a touchdown, one interception. Um, the leading receiver was Debo Samuel, 42 yards on three catches, which tied for the team lead. All, all, you know, He, Kendrick Bourne, and Kittle all caught three. Bourne got the touchdown, 40 yards in the touchdown. So in fantasy, you picked any receiver. Anyway, Kendrick Bourne, you were the smart one. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, two for 33. George Kittle, probably a disappointing three for 16, and most of it came in the probably on that opening drive. And we were probably thinking, okay, yeah, he's going to be heavily involved here. He almost scored a touchdown, got them right down to the one-yard line before Tevin Coleman ran it in, and uh, that was it. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he saw another. He maybe saw one target the rest of the game. Um, so, yeah, kind of a disappointing performance for Kittle there. I know we were all expecting him to, to do really well. Uh, Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, I mean, wasn't that much better. They only put up 10 points. He went 21 for 29, 172 yards, one TD, one INT. Uh, Dalvin could... Cook led the team in rushing with 18 yards, uh, two two yards a carry. What a, what a great stat! And um, also actually led them in targets and receptions. Caught six passes for eight yards. Very efficient. Um, Diggs was the leading receiver in yards, two catches, 57 in the big touchdown. You know most of that coming on the 41 yard touchdown. Got one pass the rest of the way. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, five catches, 50 yards. Irv Smith, three catches, 39 yards. So not really great uh, advanced tools for any of them. And uh, the high percentages, I mean, again, Diggs was the guy because he got the touchdown. But that that's kind of that's how this game was. It was basically Tevin Coleman or bust fantasy-wise. Um, so, yeah, so other than Caleb, were there any other reactions? Got to see the last quarter. So most of what I saw was the uh, Vikings either throwing interceptions or muffing punts. So I got to see the worst of the Vikings on, on uh, Saturday. So... Um, it's really interesting looking at the Niners defense because 
Um, they're back to where they were the first half of the regular season, you know, being fully healthy after going through a stretch of injuries. So um, I think they're, they're probably the most complete team, even a little more than the Chiefs uh, left in the final four. So that's, that's all I, I can really say about it. Um, to me, it was just San Francisco dominated in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. Um, it actually, that was kind of a theme throughout this weekend. Really. Uh, I thought in all cases, really the teams that were the team that was able to do that in one, all four games, really. So, uh, I guess that comment applies to every game. So I'll, I'll stop saying it all the time. <laughs> um, but moving on. Yeah. I guess we've hinted at this game enough, uh, Baltimore, Tennessee. So the Titans shocked the world really winning 28, 12. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was what it was 14, six at halftime. So one score game. Uh, you know, early turnover and uh, some early touchdowns by Tennessee kind of it kind of put Baltimore behind the eight ball, but they were there. And then, you know, the Titans scoring 14 points in the third quarter, really, that was it. And, you know, Baltimore managed one touchdown late in the quarter, uh, the late in the fourth quarter, but it was uh, you know, obviously wasn't enough. Uh, Tannehill, back to back 100 yard uh, playoff. Uh, you're, you're sorry, 100. Meh. Let me say that properly. Ryan Tannehill, back-to-back games with 100, less than 100 yards. almost said it wrong again. Um, and it's the first time since the 74 Steelers that a quarterback has won back-to-back games throwing less than 100 yards. So we're back to – and the Dolphins did it a couple times, uh, you know, around that. There are two Super Bowl victories as well. And guess what? The Steelers won the Super Bowl that year too. So, hmm, There's may, I wonder. But if we're playing 1970s football – um, I just got some major breaking news. Yeah, uh, Luke Keekley is retiring. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Carolina Panthers just posted a video. Ian Rappaport retweeted the video along with Adam Schefter. And um, Luke Keekley yeah. has retired. Yeah, Jesse Reeves just retweeted it. I see it now. That's uh, at Jesse Reeves FF. He's a great follow, by the way. Like, you know, he, he knows his stuff for upcoming rookies and football in general. I suggest you follow him. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of seeing it all over the place now. So, wow. Luke Keekley retiring. Well, okay, breaking news. Thank you, Alessandro. I wonder if it's uh, due in part to injuries, too. Yeah, because that's true. That has kind of derailed him a little bit towards the end here, unfortunately. Still very effective. I thought he played great this year when he was. Actually, did he? he I don't he know that he was... I mean, he made a ah, still That doesn't good. mean anything to me. It's fan voted. He, he missed that's half true, the season and still made it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, <laughs> don't get me started on the Pro Bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he made the All Pro as well. Well, there, and then you go. That's and that's what I, that's what really matters. I think he did too. I'll, um, you know, pull that up in a sec. But yeah. Oof. I'm sorry. I had I no, had no, no, no. Because because that was it was needed because it threw me off because my I get the sleeper app. And um, the sleeper app just pops up with uh, random stuff all the time. And whew, that threw me through a loop. I was like, this can't be right. And I looked it up. And sure enough, um, he did made this. He made second team all pro. Um, him, Darius Leonard, and TJ Watt made second team all pro. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he still made all pro. That's that's that's. Oh, yeah. You, you can't take away from that. I mean. Listen to his uh, acolytes: seven Pro Bowls, five First Team All Pros, two Second Team mm. Pros, Art Rooney Award, three Buckus Awards, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, two-time NFL Tackling Leader, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. 
Lombardi Award, Lot Trophy, Buckus Award. Okay, well, unless anyone else wants to react to that back to the Titans game, or <laughs> or do we give a moment of silence for Luke Keekley's career? <laughs> I'm good with going to the Titans. Because <laughs> um, honestly, I, this is something um, we're going to talk about our all-decade team. I know we've been playing through the last few episodes. Everything's been so jam-packed. So uh, next week when there isn't, as much to do. I mean, there's two games to react, nothing really to preview immediately, so might be a good time next week, but I, we'll definitely talk about Luke Keekley on our FPC All-Decade teams. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, yeah, Derrick Henry, 195 yards on the ground. Um, also caught seven or two passes for seven yards, but uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, he also threw a touchdown pass, uh, so interesting there. Um, and Ryan Tannehill ran the only touchdown in for the Titans, so <laughs> kind of interesting how they offensively they scored it there um the leading receiver was Khalif Raymond who saw that coming uh caught his only target for 45 yards and a, and a touchdown um uh, was it was that the first score of the game yeah no, no that the was the second score yeah. but anyway that's yeah that right at the start of the second quarter really I mean a seven nothing at that point you think okay the Ravens okay we didn't score in the first quarter but whatever and then then to have that happen immediately from 45 yards out I mean that that was beautiful of, well, yeah, whoa, beautiful play by Tannehill. One of the best throws he's ever made, really. Um, found Raymond, you know, right at the end of the end zone, and great catch by Raymond. I mean, they, they, I remember they mentioned on the broadcast, it, it, you know, the way it looked like Tannehill was going to outthrow him, and then Raymond kind of caught up to it, and, you know, very beautiful play, as you mentioned, Kayla. Um, two players caught two passes for the Titans. As I mentioned, Derrick Henry, two for seven, so actually was significant for them. Uh, and then Jonu Smith, two for 12 in the initial touchdown of the game. Uh, Corey Davis also got involved somehow. Uh, he caught no, a no, touchdown. No no, 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 hold on. That that was epic. Watching Derrick Henry toss that up to Corey Davis, that yeah. was epic. The man can yeah. run, the man can throw. Oof. Sorry, I, that gets me really excited. Well, no, hey, well, it, it was, a, again, great great offensive design play here. You know, felt the Titans really just outcoached the Ravens in general. Um, and Lamar's stats, I mean, 59 uh, dropbacks. I looked it up. His previous high was 43 pass tips against the Chiefs in the, you know, with the Chiefs beat the Ravens earlier in the season, uh, which we, I guess we were hoping for here in the championship game, not so much. Um, so, yeah, so... Not necessarily what was part of the game plan. He still ran 20 times for 143 yards, uh, 365 through the air, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, you, you know, uh, instead of, you know, normally the tight ends have been a big part of it, and Andrews did see seven targets, but across the board it was Marquise Brown, the leading receiver. 11 targets, seven catches, 126 yards. Uh, Willie Sneed went eight for six, 56. Hayden Hurst, six for four, 54. I guess four of six. 53 and a touchdown. It's the only touchdown that he threw. Mark Andrews, as I mentioned, seven targets, but only four catches, 39 yards. So a disappointment there. And then on the ground, I mean, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Jackson at 143 yards, and the other, the running backs really couldn't get it done. Mark Ingram, six carries, 22 yards. Gus Edwards, three carries for 20 yards with a long of 19. So um, really just one play for Gus Edwards. And, uh, you know, one play was not nearly enough because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Ravens lost by 16 to a team that, I don't know, it's, you know, definitely did, couldn't, hadn't kept up to their offensive potential. I, actually, late they did. Yeah, the Titans have been scoring quite a bit. So maybe it shouldn't have been that shocking to us, but considering how well the Ravens played, I mean, was anyone else as stunned as I was? No. Okay. I was stunned, actually. 
I I thought, I mean, it was going to be if Tennessee won, I thought it'd be a closer game than that for sure. I I um I was I was more shocked by uh, by Baltimore's defense not being able to uh, you know keep the uh, top of the defense. Uh, you know, Tannehill had a lot of deep throws in this game, and he was really accurate. So I was shocked by that. Okay, I, I, I'll amend my previous statement. I'm not shocked at Tennessee one or by the score. I am shocked about how little the Ravens actually showed up. Because I said on the podcast, last podcast, that the Tennessee Titans can pull this out, and because of their both running attack, um, they're both running attack, and we got Lamar Jackson going 143 yards on the ground versus Derrick Henry doing 30 carries for 195 yards. I mean, that chews up a lot of clock. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised this was even a more higher-scoring game. But, you know, they, I'm still impressed, you know, with Ravens. I mean, it's not so much Lamar Jackson. It's more like their defense. They failed. I mean, think about it. You have a six foot five, two 250-some-odd-pound um, linebacker, essentially, <laughs> running at you like a wide receiver business decisions were made and they decided to keep their life in that moment. So, I mean, I, yeah. And I mean, I think a big underrated aspect to this was, I mean, they were mostly healthy. I mean, it didn't seem like Ingram was that great in shape. Like he, you know, if it had been a regular season game, he probably wouldn't have played. You know, everyone says that during the, the regular season, if it's a playoff game, it would have been in it. I mean, it's, I see the vice versa on this one where you know he only played because it was a playoff game um but a big injury that they that occurred for them late in the year matt skura their starting center and they had um who replaced him it was uh patrick patrick mccary who's a rookie uh he and he started the last bit of the season and then the offense still operated well but this defense i mean they had a, a an amazing game plan set up for the Ravens. They clogged up the middle of the field, stopped him from running up the middle, and stopped him from passing up the middle, which are two of Jackson's strong suits. So they really identified that area of the field and just forced him to do things he wasn't comfortable with. So kudos to their game plan and their execution. The corners covered really well. I mean, the receivers could get open, and when they did, I mean, the receivers dropped how many passes, but a big big factor was uh, it was really hard to protect. Uh, That offensive line left a lot of players through and i felt that you know you know having your center out someone who calls the 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 protection schemes and is is helping out to identify blitz and and where to properly cover things you know having it be a rookie do it now and not what they were accustomed to i wonder if if that set them back where if matt skur was still healthy and playing i wonder if that offense operates better and gives jackson more time uh but all to say all to say that I don't pin this on Lamar Jackson. Like everyone, you know, quarterbacks get all the glory and all the blame. And, uh, you know, it's football's a team game, so that's an oversimplification of it. But it does seem that, in, you know, especially considering he won the MVP, it's it seems like the, the hate's coming back on that was there before the season. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that's an overreaction as well. Um, but, yeah, moving on, we have the Chiefs-Texans, unless uh, anyone else wanted to say anything. I do. I just want to ask one thing to say. How can you aid the guy? The, the man put up, what is this, 508 total yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, the interceptions hurt, but they're in session. We put 500 up, 508 yards up, and we're going to blame him? No, 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 no. That man was phenomenal. Everything else was terrible. I'm sorry. I agree with you, Kyle. 
yeah okay thank you um yeah, I want mean, to say, you know, even though it doesn't show up on the stat sheets, obviously Baltimore has gone for it on fourth and short a lot during the year, and they were stopped. Well, Lamar Jackson, of all people, was stopped twice on two fourth and one. So even though it comes up as, you know, two turnovers on the stat sheet, did he have a fumble? I can't remember. I feel like he did, or he lost. Lost. Did he lose a fumble? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The yeah. one. Okay, that was yeah, right at the start of a drive. That was kind of killer. That that was yes. kind of that was on him. He needed to hang on to the football more. Um, the first yeah. interception definitely wasn't on him. I mean, he put that right on Andrew's hands. I mean, maybe a touch high, but right. I mean, so I definitely mean, shouldn't yeah, have been an interception. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah we can argue. You know, I do. I think Mark Andrews had a bad step and it went off his hand. Yes, um, and Lamar Jackson's credit with that. So it does show up as three you know, turnovers on the stat sheet, but I would argue that his two fourth and one stops that the team has been able to get all year, you know, mm-hmm. it's not on him solely, but that adds two turnovers that I feel should be recognized as turnovers. Um, obviously, they don't show up on the stat sheet, but, you know, you could argue that, you know, he didn't get those, so the ball's turned over. So um, I think, you know, that total goes up to five, which, there's no way they had five turnovers in a game this year at all. So that's something new for them, something new that they had to adjust to that they hadn't been used to all year. And honestly, there weren't there were games that they were close in, but they weren't really fighting from being down a lot. So I think because they didn't experience that throughout the year, they didn't really know how to adjust to it. I mean, I talk about game IQ all the time. So and on-field adjustments, and they just seemed to be trending in the wrong direction as the game went on further and further with, you know, the, the missed fourth and ones and the fumble at the at the beginning of the drive, like you talked about, and just the two interceptions. So while it's not necessarily on Lamar Jackson, um, it's still, you know, he is the leader and he he didn't help the team as much as I feel he could have with making in-game adjustments and, you know, as great of a runner as he is, I mean, there, I am going to be the first person to tell you that, yes, I refer to him as a running back and I'm going to continue referring to him as a running back, but he didn't show up as the running back that, you know, we all, all saw, especially on those fourth and ones. And those were killer, even though they don't show up on the stat sheet, it ended two drives and they needed those two drives to come back and win the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll add, too. I mean, I think, you know, some days uh, you just get outsmarted. I, I give a lot of credit to Tennessee's game plan for, you know, they, they ran a lot different defense than they did against New England. And that was to make, you know, Jackson stay in the pocket or or move laterally. So they did a good job of that. And I, I also think Tennessee was a lot better than probably a couple other teams in the AFC. Houston, for sure. And, and maybe even Buffalo a little bit to a degree. So some days you just um, you just get outplayed and outsmarted and and uh, Tennessee was was the better team on Saturday. That's that's um, that's the biggest thing I have to say because I think Jackson is, uh, you know, this was his first really full year as the starting quarterback for Baltimore. So um, you're going to have growing pains in the NFL as a quarterback, especially when you're running an offense that's a little bit different than everyone else. So um, I don't put a lot of blame on Jackson for sure, but I mean he does deserve some of it. Agreed. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you shouldn't be absolved. But I also think, as you just mentioned, Braden, this shouldn't necessarily be viewed as a Lamar Jackson failing as much as it was perfect execution by the Titans. This was their moment and they went and they got it. And they, they, as you mentioned, we're the better team. 
uh, moving on to the better team, and I know Braden's smiling because he he really wants to talk about this game. Uh, I don't think you were smiling too early here. Uh, a lot of Chiefs fans weren't, as the you know the Texans took a twenty-one nothing lead, twenty-four nothing lead actually, uh, but twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter. Who'd have saw that coming? They you know Kenny Stills getting you know Kenny Stills going long for a touchdown. Okay, you could kind of if someone told you that was going to happen in the game, sure. But then to have the Texans kind of take it on special teams, something that the Chiefs are really known for, was quite uh, astounding. The blocked punt, just uh, less than two minutes after the Stills touchdown, the blocked punt returned for a touchdown, and then towards the end of the quarter, Tyreek Hill fumbled uh, on a punt return. Yeah, it was a punt return. And, uh, you know, the the Texans recovered, and Darren Fells scored a touchdown uh, a couple plays later. Uh, so yeah, so going into the second quarter, twenty-one nothing. How nervous were you really, Braden? Um, honestly, I, I actually wasn't too nervous just because knowing that um, you know this offense could go off at any moment. I w- I I was just um, kind of going into it like when they were down, uh, just see where it's at. Like by the end of the third quarter, if it's if it's still a close game, I think they have a chance. But um, if it was, you know, continuously. Houston just um, rolling like they were for those first three quarters, and I would have been a little more worried. But um, I think I I figured they just had to calm down and find themselves, and uh, luckily they did it before halftime. I was going to say, sorry I laughed there, but I was thinking, you're right. I don't think it was a close game at the end of the third quarter. It kind of still was, though. But, um, yeah, so then uh, I think a big turning point, and everyone's going to talk about a certain decision that a certain coach made, but I thought a big turning point was uh, on the – the after you know after the touchdown drive the Chiefs had the punt again uh or, you know wasn't a three and out type of punt but at least moved the ball a little bit and there's there's glimmers of hope uh punted back and the Texans went and drove it down and then uh Chiefs defense made a stop and they forced a field goal still points but it wasn't a touchdown they finally could kind of feel okay good we, we finally held them out of the end zone I think that kind of that sparked the team a little bit and obviously a big McCole Hardman return uh on the next drive really helped it gave them good field position and then go chief score two minutes less than two minutes later chief score again less than two minutes later chief score again and suddenly it's 24 24 21 and then uh right before halftime the chiefs lead another drive travis kelsey with three touchdowns in the half and as Britton mentioned you start the quarter down 21 nothing you go and then you end the quarter up by four and that's a chief second and they've done this a couple times they had the i think it was the second quarter against the raiders where they just they won yeah. the game in the second quarter and it wasn't quite that because of the big lead the Texans had, which is uh, fortunate they had it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the I mean the game ended 51-31 for the Chiefs. Um, and I mean, good fantasy performances throughout. I mean, starting with the Sean Watson, 31 of 52, 388, two touchdowns, and 37 rush yards, and scored a touchdown. What <laughs> was one of the best quarterback plays on the week, probably mm-hmm. one of only two, really, if you, if you think about it. <laughs> Um, and he, I mean, he wasn't the leading rusher. I know that was a theme last week for our, our, the wild card games, but close. I mean, yeah, the 37 yards is only seven behind Carlos Hyde, who led the team in with uh, 44 rushing yards. Um, also had uh, four targets for 18 yards. Duke Johnson, 11 on the ground, 23 through the air. A typical game there. The leading receiver, targets, receptions, yards. Who else? DeAndre Hopkins, 14 <laughs> targets, nine catches, 118 yards. Uh, Next up, Kenny Stills, again, mentioned that the big, long touchdown uh, caught three passes, 80 yards, and, and the aforementioned score. Will Fuller, eight targets, five catches, 89 yards. Mentioned Darren Fells and his touchdown. 
seven targets, but only three receptions for 22 yards, as well as that score. Uh, on the Chiefs' side, Patrick Mahomes. So we mentioned all the touchdowns he was throwing. 23 of 35, which, considering how much they were down, uh, but then eventually up by big, uh, it kind of makes sense that passing totals, that Watson would be the one to... So imagine hearing that after after the first quarter, that Watson be the one to, to throw 52 pass attempts. But then uh, yeah, Mahomes, 321 yards, five touchdowns, uh, and 53 rush yards as well, just to, to add in all those great bonuses. Uh, he actually led his team in, in rushing. So uh, not Damian Williams, uh, 47 rush yards, but two rush, uh, two rushing touchdowns. He also cat, caught two passes for 21 yards and a receiving touchdown. So, uh, you know, he accounted for three scores. Travis Kelsey accounted for three scores, as mentioned earlier, yes. 12 targets. 12 targets, 10 receptions, 134 yards, three touchdowns. And we all said, go Kittle over Kelsey. Man, <laughs> we were wrong about that one. Um <laughs> Next up was actually Sammy Watkins, second on the team in receptions. Only two targets. Caught them both, though, 76 yards. Included a big 48-yarder. Remember, that one got them a first down, got them really good field position. So he was key uh, when they needed to come back. And once they were in the lead, they just didn't trust the ball in his hands, apparently, and didn't target him at all. Um, uh, so Tyreek Hill, uh, kind of a disappointment a little bit, considering how, you know, 51 points, he figured he'd do something. But only three ca- three receptions for 41 yards, only targeted four times. Uh, and he fumbled again on the on that punt return. Did he did he return any kicks after that, Braden, or they just after especially after Hardman's return, they must have just stuck with. Him. Uh, yeah, they stuck with Hardman after that. I I remember the first punt after that. It was it was like the quickest decision I I remember seeing Hardman run in there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Hardman, I remember he muffed his first one. He kind of bubbled out a little bit after Hill had yeah. fumbled, and that, oh, that's got to be. <laughs> You know, heart beating there, uh, but you know, didn't he recovered it himself, and he kind of actually got a decent dish return out of it. So it had to be somewhat encouraging. Uh, but yeah, so any uh, any reactions to this game? I mean, I guess like from a number standpoint, thinking about Mahomes, um, I think like probably 80 percent of his twelve incompletions were dropped. So you just think how how dialed in he was in this game. Um, Sometimes when Houston thought they had an answer for him, like doubling Kelsey or Hill, um, you know, he used his legs and took off with his legs, which in today's NFL, you got to have a quarterback that can extend plays. So, um, you know, anything Houston thought they had, uh, there was just another way to beat him. And, and um, I just kind of remember kind of looking at this game, like how quickly Kansas City scored on each drive. Um, I, I was really kind of excited to see that from Andy Reid just uh continuously throwing the ball um not really getting conservative even when they were up in the second half so um I think that goes a long way in kind of seeing where Reid is at this postseason run maybe than than other ones and um for Houston I I I think it's it's uh Watson was the first quarterback to have like 300 plus passing yards three touchdowns or more and no giveaways and losing the playoffs so I mean, certainly a heartbreaking loss, but uh, I, I, um, I still like Watson a lot. I think it's just <laughs> um, when Houston doesn't have a GM and, and they have O'Brien as coach, it's just going to be a 11-hit thing there. But, um, yeah, I mean, a wild game. There was so much to pick apart, I know, when I was doing my recap. So anything you guys have to add? I was just going to say the exact same thing that you said to a T, so good job. I mean, the word he said was he didn't go conservative, but it was still balanced. I mean, they ran the ball 21 times, 
uh, got a, right. a 118 yards on the ground. So it's not that they completely ignored the run game, but uh, you know, clearly the strength of that team is is when Mahomes has the ball in his hands. Yeah, and I guess another kind of like weird, funny stat: um, scoring 51 points, no receiver touchdowns, uh, four to the tight end because Blake Bell had the other one that Kelsey didn't, and then uh, Damian Williams got the first score. So there's so many weird, funny stats from this game to look back on. But, um, yeah, just a wild game to get to the AFC Championship. I thought there was a lot of strange synchronicity between the Ravens and Chiefs games. I mean, both teams coming in (laughs) off the first round by, a lot of drops. But one thing that is glaringly different is how both quarterbacks acted on the sidelines Jackson kind of sunk into his shell a little bit and kind of got really reserved, wasn't acting like the Gallivan leader that he, he needs to as a quarterback, whereas Mahomes, he was rallying the troops. I mean, he, he didn't lose confidence at all. He, you know, and I think that's part of it. You, you got to believe that you can come back down from 24 nothing, and it seems like they did. Um, so that, and to, to kind of face that adversity and go through it in the playoffs, that's got to really help volumes for this team that no matter how... You know, next next week, no matter how um, you know painful it is to tackle Derrick Henry and how seemingly unstoppable it is, that team's still going to have hope that that it's that's not going to lose them the game. That they're still going to be able to win. So I'm really looking forward to both championship games. Yeah, and and like just kind of adding to that, I think um, the receivers for Kansas City. I mean, they they uh, I think they were shook to start the game for sure. So. You know, just hearing the words that uh, Mahomes kind of told him on the sideline that, you know, they already kind of were counted out, so to speak, and, and they just kind of make some plays and make guys miss. Um, um, it's it's really interesting because the receivers as a whole, um, even with Sammy Watkins, there's not a lot of playoff experience still there. So this is still a young core as much as uh, they're heavily favored right now. Um, the receivers really, really lean on Mahomes heavily for sure. Alessandro, anything to add? No, I think you guys pretty much covered it well. I mean, it was just a war of attrition. And um, in this game, you got <clears throat> excuse me, you got Patrick Mahomes who just decided that he's going to go off. And he went off, and he did really good. And, you know, Kelsey happened to be the reception of him going off. I know he all said Kittle, and I still firmly believe back Kittle because uh I because the numbers were there for Kittle but you know what it is what it is and I'm happy for it but in this game it was just a war of attrition and uh big bodies win the game plus I mean it isn't we can't say one of the fastest teams supposedly in terms of speed so I I could definitely see them like lightning blitz down the field getting this thing done so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and, uh, I mean, the final game of the weekend was kind of, it was the most exciting at the end in terms of, you know, the, really the game, the result was in doubt at the end, um, even though it was 21-3 to Green Bay at halftime. And, yeah, we can evoke sentiments of a previous playoff game between the Packers and Seahawks that, where the Packers blew a big lead. Uh, didn't seem like they let it affect them. Um, and really... Uh, I, you know, I wrote a recap on this, just as Braden wrote an excellent recap on the Chiefs game. Check out both on full press coverage. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Not so shameless plug, because I'm also plugging someone else. So it's, not, it's not shameless. I'm, I'm helping the others. I'm helping the community. Um, but, um, you know, to me, it was, yeah, at the end of the game, three third downs really 
defined the game. Uh, one for the Packers on defense when they sacked Russell Wilson on what ended up being the Seahawks' final drive, um, and they punted the ball uh, with, what, there was about three minutes left at that point. Um, you know, it really enforced that. I mean, they, you know, they, they could have maybe got forced the issue, but looking at a fourth and I can't remember what it would have been. It was fourth and really long, though. It's too risky a proposition because uh, at that point the score was 28-23. Um, so, you know, the Seahawks clawed their way back uh, from down to excellent third and fourth quarters. And uh, to me, I thought the Packers played the, their best half of the season in the first half, but definitely not the case the second half. Um, and then two third downs, which I know Kayla has an issue with one of them. Certainly the first one, no one can, though. It was, you know, an amazing throw by Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. Uh, third and long, really needed to, you know, it was, it was more than two, it was more than two minutes left. So they still have the two-minute warning. I think at that point, the Seahawks still had two timeouts left. So if you punt there, you're giving them all, you know, you're basically giving them the keys to have the chance to, to win with the touchdown, only up by five. So that was a really key moment. Uh, ended up being a, I think about a 20-yard play or so, uh, pass from Rodgers to Adams again. Um, you know, perfect, perfect ball placement, hand to hand, really. You know, tape to tape is kind of more a hockey expression, but I kind of evoking that where uh, you know, it was a perfect back shoulder throw, you know, really deep downfield. So still, you know, Rodgers still has it, and Adams is still the guy for for them. Uh, and then a third down reception to Jimmy Graham. And I'll, I'll let Kayla give her spiel about that later. Uh, and I mean, that ended up winning the game in terms of icing it uh, by getting a first down and having enough time to just kneel down. Uh, but again, you know, not the crazy fancy performances we saw in the earlier Sunday game, but uh, Russell Wilson went 21 for 31, 277, one touchdown, no interceptions, also 64 yards in the ground. Another quarterback leading not only his team, but the game in, in rushing yards. He just outpaced Aaron Jones. Uh, uh, Lynch only 26 yards on 12 carries, not a great average, but two touchdowns. So using him in short yardage, that's that's his strength. And but the Packers did a good job containing the run game outside of Russell Wilson, of course, scrambling, but uh, just couldn't stop Lynch from getting in. A, you know, on on a couple goal line carries. Travis Homer also had 13 yards in the ground, uh, two catches for 27 yards as well. The leading receiver this week was Tyler Lockett. Uh, 10 targets, 9 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, DK Metcalf, I know we were kind of, I was. I certainly thought he would have a big game uh, against the Packers. Only 4 catches, 59 yards. Um, I was expecting more. Hollister was next. Uh, actually had the second most targets on the team with 6. Caught 5 of them for 47 yards. Uh, on the Packers side, Rodgers, 16 for 27. 243 and 2 touchdowns. 14 yards on the ground as well. Uh, as mentioned, Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones just behind Russell Wilson in yards, 62 compared to 64 for Wilson. But Jones, like Lynch, had a pair of touchdowns, also both right from the goal line. Um, Tyler Irving had uh, two carries for 25 yards, mostly used as a uh, as a punt returner and a kick returner for the Packers the last few weeks, and he's done a really good job there. They're, 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 especially punt returning was horrible this year before he got there. Um, he yeah so he contributed here even on offense uh, which is good to see they you know used him on a trick play uh, you know they loved Packers love to run the fake end around a bunch and so teams kind of get used to it and then they'll actually 
run an end around and kind of catches teams off guard. So Matt LaFleur seems like he knows when to time that type of play really well. But again, as mentioned uh, earlier, it was all about the Rodgers-Adams connection. Adams, 11 targets, 8 catches, 160 yards, and 2 touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he had three or four catches that were all 25 plus yards. So really, you know, real key, real big plays. Jimmy Graham was second on the team in receiving uh, three catches, 49 yards. And I love to write on Jimmy Graham more than anybody, but uh, he came through, you know, some big catches for, I think all three of his receptions were all for first down, um, including one at the very end to ice it. Um, every other than Adams and Graham, every other Packers receiver caught only one pass. And I mean, Aaron, Aaron Jones is the only one who saw more than one target. I mean, and to be fair, like Allison and Lazard both caught passes on the plays that got called back on penalties. So that actually doesn't show up in the stat sheet. But um, regardless, uh, do you guys have any uh, reactions to this? Yes. Um, yeah, here, uh, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> but before I say what I'm going to say, I just wanted to be known that I am not a Green Bay Packer hater and I am not a Jimmy Graham hater. Not a Jimmy Graham hater so much so that a couple years ago, I think it was 2015, I drafted him seventh overall in my fantasy draft, and he <laughs> and Drew Brees won me a championship. Laugh all you want, but I won $232, and I love Jimmy Graham. However, since he was traded to Green Bay for a center of all positions, Actually, now Seattle. centers are important, not dogging it's on the centers. Seattle. But he went to Seattle first. <laughs> and honestly, the Saints won that trade because Max Unger was great for the Saints. They clearly won that trade. I mean, yeah, so it just makes it even better that he didn't even go to the Packers with the trade first. He went to Seattle, and now he's with the Packers. This man hasn't done anything for Green Bay, in my opinion. So, frustratingly enough, I mean, we talked about it all year on the Fantasy Podcast. We'd always be like, oh, you need to stream a tight end? Well, I guess you could stream Jimmy Graham and hope he gets some catches or hope he gets a touchdown. So, I mean, that... That's the same thing going into the playoffs. Like, he wasn't even in our discussions when we're talking about our playoff challenge. He doesn't come up in conversation. So, personally, I feel as though from multiple angles on his third down completion to seal the game that he did not get to the line of scrimmage. I understand that the yellow line for a first down is not official. However, looking at multiple angles, I do not feel as though he got the first down. So, I was a little heated in the moment because I also lost money because of this. However, I don't think he got the first down. And so for him to go stand up on the bench or the bleachers or whatever the hell he was standing on going, yeah, look at me. Like, what did you do? You got a first down? Like, congratulations, you're a football player. You should have 10 of those a game. And I'm just, I'm frustrated. I feel like, um... Yeah, if Seattle would have played the 49ers for the third time, it would have been a rematch. I get that the Packers and the 49ers are a rematch in this championship game. Um, Maybe the NFL makes more money because it's Aaron Rodgers playing, and it's just the story of him and the Packers. Um, But I feel like it was a little rigged. 
I really do. I feel like they gave it to him, and it would have been much cooler to see if Seattle could have done something because, hey, just because, you know, they don't complete this third down doesn't mean that the Packers don't go for it on fourth down, doesn't mean that they don't eventually get the first down anyway, doesn't mean Seattle even scores and wins the game. So I think, you know, if we're talking about fan involvement and, you know, the NFL is this whole, oh, we want all the fans involved, we don't want to lose these ratings, like, (laughs) why are you going to blow this call? Why... I, I'm upset. I don't think it was a first down. I really don't. And then just the icing on the cake was Jimmy Graham thinking that he's a king when you caught three catches. And I mean, hey, if you would have done something in the regular season that was notable, then I wouldn't hate you so much for it. But come on, man. <laughs> now, to, to, okay, so just to the speak of it being rigged, if they were rigging it, they would not have, they would have given the Packers that fumble at the very start of the game, if they really wanted to rig it, because there was a strong case we made it that that was a fumble, that they should have had that. So I disagree. I think they I think they got robbed at the start of the game. So I don't think the refs, I think they're very clearly the refs are just incompetent. <laughs> right, so speak to me about that and not be a Packers fan. Can someone else say it? Because I, I can't detach myself from my fandom. Um, I guess, but, I don't know. With the end of the game, like I, I really don't know if it was a first down or not. My biggest thing is like, this is not the first time this year they've messed up probably a uh, a call where, where the ball placement should have been. So I just don't get how they don't have a better, um, you know, way to, to figure out the spot. I mean, I get, you know, maybe it's hard to see where the ball exactly is and, and stuff like that. But um, I guess in big games like this, they, they really need to find a better way to, uh, to figure that out. That's the only thing I, I thought of from this after a couple of days. I GPS tracking the football yeah, that that's, that's exactly where it is and you know measures up to something on the sideline that gives you the exact placement and I'm more so you know again not a Packer hater not a Jimmy Graham hater mad at Jimmy Graham but I don't hate him but I just want I just want the right calls in football. I'm tired of having these discussions where we're like, oh my God, they blew this call and now this team wins or now this affects my my fantasy score. I lose because this is a botched call. And it's like, I just want all, like we're humans, yes, but we put a chip in, that's a different story. But anyway, I just want, you know, I want the game to be exactly how it should be. I don't want this interjection of oh it's it's close enough here's this or you know we didn't really see it but this is what we see on the replay so I guess we're just going to give it to this or that and I don't know it just pissed me off and I'm done with it I I like the idea GPS tracking and not just for football this talk about baseball strike zone we talked about a poorly officiated game by the way let's let's I mean football's got nothing on baseball in that regard but um Oh, hockey yeah. hockey pucks so kayla hockey fan you're clearly wearing your capital sweater um you know a lot you know easy to see when a puck crosses the red line some of those close ones overhead shots are usually good what happens when the goalie is covering it when it's inside the glove and, and you can't really see fully where the, it is well gps tracker fix that even basketball uh goaltending right if you know it's again pretty clear if it's as long as it's it's a, a basically a basketball size circle above the rim if, it, if you're inside that it's it's easy but you don't you, you take all the subjective subjectivity and judgment out of it if you um, if you use all this GPS tracking. So that's our uh, futuristic talk of the of the the podcast. And I will say, I'll, if there's a Jimmy Graham hater on this podcast, it's me. <laughs> it's not Kayla. <laughs> I'm the Jimmy Graham hater. Um, 
I'm looking up on spot track. He's the third, sorry, fourth highest offensive player on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari. Makes sense. Why is your tight end the fourth highest? Like eleven point six million. And again, I'll go back For to this. What? Well, sorry. that's the thing. I'll go back to it every year. They cut Jordy Nelson. He was supposed to make twelve million that year. They cut him and then immediately signed Graham for ten. I thought it was the biggest slap in the. I, I understand why Jordy was really mad. Like that was ridiculous. Yeah. You've got a guy who's probably even less athletic than Jordy. I mean, they're both kind of up in age. Both deal with lengthy injury history. One had a almost a decade long career with Aaron Rodgers and had all that chemistry. The other is a tight end who can't block. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, he's got, he's actually. I don't know. You didn't really see it well with the Seahawks, but he certainly got better with the Packers and has been blocking okay at times. You know, still not the great. It's not going to be confused for Kittle or Gronk in that regard. But yeah, I agree. Um, I thought they should have cut him this year instead of cutting Mike Daniels and helping their run defense. But that's hopefully not going to be an issue because hopefully the Packers <laughs> beat the 49ers somehow. Yeah, I'm confident in that. Um, although not as uh, concerned that they'll get blown out like last time. But uh, Alessandro, did you want to comment about this game before we go on to these previews, actually? No, if Seahawks got robbed, then I think I can't be objective. All right. I just I, also I think... just wish Seattle would um if they would start the game how they do in the second half every game, they'd be like undefeated every week, but they always like seem to be in these tight games where they shouldn't be and uh I just wish Russell Wilson had more help around him because he certainly is, is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. But uh it seems like every week he has to pull his team out from a hole. You know, right, right at the beginning of the second half. So that's that's the biggest thing, though, to me. Um, you know, they started slow once again in this one. Come back to coaching. I mean, again, the decision to punt. I didn't think it was the worst decision, but in hindsight, it was horrible. They should have just gone for it and at least given yourself a chance, right? So some questionable calls there. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't think that was as egregious as Bill O'Brien going for it on fourth and one from your own thirty-three. I get <laughs> that it was a good play call, but man, were you nervous on that play? I mean, you. you you have, no, I, I bet Brayton has a poster of Daniel Sorensen now. <laughs> I um yeah, Sorensen's a guy. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think he'd be on the team this year. So uh, yeah, I got to give a lot of props to him for sure. Because I uh, there's been a lot of missed tackles in the past, and that was probably one of his best of his career for sure. <laughs> uh, so he he's your version of of Jimmy Graham then. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of anyone else that I. I could put on the level of Jimmy Graham, honestly. So it's uh, it's changed this year, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's preview these games. So we talked about the Chiefs. They're going up against the Titans. And, you know, to me, it's going to be the stylistic clash on offense. This is probably not a narrative that is foreign. People are probably talking about this a lot. But the Chiefs have arguably the best pass offense in the league. And, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I know obviously statistically it's been the Ravens this year, but I mean, the Titans – right up there in terms of their rush rushing offense so uh you know who's gonna win uh you know given you know if i have the choice between an unstoppable rushing attack and an unstoppable passing attack i'll take the unstoppable passing attack all day because that is where uh immediate scores can happen whereas you know if you're if you're down if the titans get down they can't necessarily just rely on derrick henry to get them back in i know that worked last time against the chiefs in the playoffs but that also wasn't against patrick mahomes so let's uh Let's not forget that. Um, I guess, Braden, you're the Chiefs guy, so why don't you uh, kick off? I guess I kicked it off, but <laughs> why don't you uh, return like McCole Hartman does? Um, so, yeah, I I, um, 
I guess kind of looking at it today, I, I uh, had a piece kind of arguing what's uh, the bigger problem for the Chiefs, Derrick Henry or the Titans defense, because as good as Derrick Henry's been, um, the Titans offense has still been a little bit lax in the red zone during this playoff run. And, um, you know, they, they only put 14 points up against New England. Um, you know, they scored 21, but that was with a pick six at the end. So I kind of argued against the run game as much as I could. It's hard to obviously against Derrick Henry, but, um, obviously with the chiefs offense, it's, it's, uh, offense capable of taking Tennessee out of that, that, uh, game plan, because certainly if you get down by a couple scores like Houston did, you're not going to be able to rely on Derrick Henry. And, um, also kind of looking at the Titans defense, I think they've been a little underrated, but at the same time, uh, Baltimore still had a lot of plays that they ran and, and um, they still had a lot of drives. I think it was 12 drives, um, excluding like a one play drive where Jackson fumbled. So, um, I mean, I'm not trying to be too much of a homer here, but I, I think Kansas City going into this game should feel really confident. I just think um, Tennessee is capable of, of kind of making those plays where you don't expect them to. We saw the interceptions last week and, and um, you know, it's it's something where, where I think for Kansas City, um, you know, that one bad quarter they had last week, I think they're going to even feel more more confident going into Tennessee than they were against Houston in a lot of ways. So um, just kind of starting it off with that. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add? Um, I think a lot of this, too, looking at comparisons with the run game. I mean, obviously the run game is Derrick Henry in Tennessee, but Patrick Mahomes on the ground also for Kansas City, I think – it's not a balanced effort, um, and there are cases I feel as though to say where one rushing game is better than the other for both teams, but I really think it's going to come down to which team can run the ball effectively and also pass the ball effectively to continue drives and to keep the game going uh, for them, and yes, we've seen Ryan Tannehill get games within over 300 yards this year when he came in uh, on week seven for Mariota and on, but you know, he started games. I don't exactly remember the team, but I do remember that there was a one point he had two touchdown passes, but he had 25 yards to start the game is because they had the turnover. So he didn't have to do the work to get the ball down the field. And, you know, you're talking about how he had these multiple scores last week against Baltimore, but he still had under a hundred yards. It's just how they're able to run the ball and how, um, you know, the field position that they got. So, you know, Kansas City is not going to be stupid. I think Kansas City's game plan should be and will be forcing Tannehill to use his arm. And it's going to come down to which quarterback out of Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill can, you know, change up the game enough to where the run game is still effective, but they can still use their arm. And I think that Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes has a huge edge when it comes to that. Um, despite, you know, the glimpses that we've seen from Tannehill this year, you can look at his numbers, but then when you break it down by quarter and you break it down by drive and see, you know, the yards to go to the end zone or, you know, the total yards on plays, Kansas city has had multiple 90 yard drives this year. And while, you know, Tennessee has still had those, it's not as much, and they haven't had to do as much as Kansas city. So even just the practice and, um, the in-game situations of it, it just bodes more that it, it tilts um the game and the favor should go to Kansas City and I think Kansas City should be able to pull it out because they will have the advantage through there 
anybody else would like to say anything. Alessandro? Good. Uh, no, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I mean, it's it, it is what it is, and I think um, this game's going to shape up to be a very high scoring one that could the like it, it could uh, can't talk. It could end up seeing how we're going to see coming up in the uh, Super Bowl. So I mean, it's it's a matter of what what side do you want to choose and. It's, it's going to be a scary sight to pick. <laughs> I think the only risk, well, not the only risk, the biggest risk for the Chiefs is that their defense gets tired, that, like, physically tackling Henry and, and just, uh, right. you know, and trying to run down the field, chase receivers like Brown and Sharp and, and apparently Khalif Raymond now and, and Corey Davis are all really quick. Like, these are, well, none of them are, are Tyree Kill fast, but they're, you know, they're, pretty decent speed guys to the point where it's, you know, it's not going to be easy to keep up with them necessarily, at least not if you're asked to do it repeatedly. So if they can't get off the field and they're constantly stuck on the field, that could be an issue. I know that to be fair, that's, you know, you talked about like, Oh, why the Seahawks not come alive? Really? I think it was just the Packers defense got tired because they were playing great. Um, I mean, Ed Wilson was scrambling a lot in the first quarter. They were just able to kind of tackle him enough times in the second. It's really tough for them to keep up with him. So I think that uh, could end up being a difference here, but for a different reason, not because of a running quarterback, because of a <laughs> running monster truck tank human being, whatever Derrick Henry is. Mm-hmm. King. Yeah. King. No, I would also just like to also- say super randomly, sorry, Alessandra, that I feel like Derrick Henry wore a one-size-smaller, tighter jersey in the Baltimore game. It just looked like he was way bigger for no reason. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, wow. So glad you had that take. I no, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I was going to say, did, did any of us notice that? I, I'd have to go back and look, but that's, that could be true for sure. I don't know. I'm just a girl, so I noticed a few <laughs> <laughs> um, Take no, that with a grain of salt, what you will. <laughs> no doubt. I'm just a girl. And, okay, I'm going to stop there. Look, um, the only thing... Was, went to funny. That's all. Well, <laughs> The only with this game is, it, it, can Kansas City stop Derrick Henry, and can um, the cornerbacks for Tennessee stop the fastest team or one of the fastest teams in the NFL? Like you said, Kyle, they can't keep up with that kind of speed. I mean, they got Kareem, um, not Kareem Hunt, the, um, I know, right? Going back there, Freeland, um, Cole Harmon, Tyree Kill. They got, you know, I know Kelsey's not very fast, but he's very physical. I mean, that, that's a deadly trio right there, and that's before you add the running backs and your, the fact that quarterback can move into the equation. And you flip the ball, it's Henry and Lewis, that, that two-headed monster. I mean, Henry will just plow right through you and keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Lewis, on the other hand, well, he'll he's elusive. He'll maneuver around you, and he'll do, like, double moves and everything. So... It's a matter of who can ever, I, for me, it's a matter of whoever can get the most amount of points in a short amount of time because Henry's going to keep going and that's, uh, the clock's going to be running. And so I think the time's going to run out on them. Yeah. And, and I'll also add too, like, um, you know, as much, uh, confidence maybe that people have in Tennessee, their win streaks at three right now. So I think the chiefs are also the hottest team. They've won seven straight games and you look back. Uh, their last loss was at Tennessee, a game they should have won if it wasn't for a couple of fumbles and 
one big run by Derrick Henry, about 60-some yards. The Chiefs probably win that game. And obviously you had uh, some questionable play calling at the end of that one too where the Chiefs uh, try to go for a tight end screen and, and Mahomes ends up just sliding down on third down. And then um, eventually at the end of the game, the Titans block what would have been a game-tying field goal. So um, the Chiefs had the Titans beat in their first matchup this year, and that was Mahomes' first game back from injury. He looked pretty comfortable. So um, you can see him kind of moving a little bit quicker now, the healthier he's gotten. So, um, again, I, I think the Chiefs just have to feel really confident in this one, not, uh, not taking anything away from Tennessee, but um, they've, they've also made so many perfect plays in their first two playoff wins. So um, I think they'll almost have to be uh, very close to perfect again Sunday if, if they're going to win this game. I mean, I've picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl since the start, since before the season. Uh, Chiefs Bears that didn't go so well on that side. The Packers say the Bears in the Super Bowl was I thinking. I got <laughs> I got I got hypnotized by Khalil Mack. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway. Uh, Continue. Anyway, so uh, well, let's talk about those Packers now then, uh, as they face the 49ers. And again, this is another rematch. And uh, just as Braden. I was disappointed in the result last time. Although, uh, you know, I wonder what's worse, losing such a, a, a you know agonizingly close loss, you know, blocked field goal at the end to tie it, or losing thirty-seven to eight. And that was pretty bad. It was pretty. It was pretty bad. Um, one big factor, and I know uh, we're gonna have a FBC group roundtable discussion, and this is gonna be part of my answer. Sorry, Ian, I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say a group of players, but it's the Packers' offensive line. That's what this game comes down to. Can they protect against this phenomenal 49ers front that, um, you know, you've got great pass rushers all over that line. And obviously Bosa, Armstead, D Ford, former Chiefs player, um, Thomas, Buckner. I mean, there's, there's so many guys to account for, and that's what makes it incredibly difficult because you're basically going to have one-on-one matchups across the board. So every offensive lineman is going to have to win their match. One guy doesn't. You're getting a you know a rusher right in a quarterback's face, and yeah, Rodgers can escape. Certainly, like his chances to escape a rough pocket more than Jimmy Garoppolo on this on the other side. But uh, if, if you know, th- there's a there's a, a a chance the Packers get completely shut out. The one thing I'll say though, Brian Bulaga in that game only ended up playing nine snaps on offense, and then got hurt and left. So then it was Alex Light, who is now the now the third string right tackle. I mean, they 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 signed Jared Valdir, who ended up playing last week, and actually. You know, some early struggles against Clowney aside, I, I thought played pretty well. Uh, so, it, you know, if Bulaga goes down again, uh, I know last week he missed because of an illness. I think he'll probably be okay for the, the game. I think, you know, he should be able to recover in a week, I think. If not, Valdir's there. Valdir's there. But if, if Bulaga does miss any of this game, I think they're better suited at, at, at right tackle now. Uh, still going to be a difficult task, but... After what the Packers defense did to the, the Seahawks, and I mean, they, they've got five sacks on Russell Wilson. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Uh, they could have had double those sacks. I mean, there's there times where they were just missing, like Kenny Clark or Sidney <laughs> Smith, just missing Wilson in the grasp and he would go off. And I, mean, I think, I'm pretty sure on his 22 yard run, they almost got him down for a sack. Like, it, you know, it's, you know, the, the margin of error in the NFL is that you either almost get a sack or he gets the longest run of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're not going to have that problem with Garoppolo. If they can get pressure on that, you know, better offensive line than what they face against Seahawks, but if they can get pressure, uh, 
I don't know how the Seahawks are going to score, frankly. I, so I see this game being very low scoring. I'm trying, and maybe that's part of me thinking the only way the Packers win is if they keep this low scoring. Because I don't, I don't see the Packers scoring more than I don't. I don't even know if they can get to 20 points really. But I, I also don't necessarily know that the 49ers can. I think the Packers, again, outside of Russell Wilson last week, actually did a pretty good job containing the run. And uh, a bit of a slip up against the Lions, but really their last three, four games have done a, a pretty great job of that after struggling pretty much all the rest of the season, except week one against the Bears. Something about playing the Bears. Uh, so while the run defense I don't think is as bad as it was before, you know, those types of improvements, and Oren Burks is playing more on defense now, and B.J. Goodson is... You know, they got him right before training camp, so it's, it took him a bit to adjust into the defense. But now that he's there and, get, you know, second solid linebacker next to Martinez, I think they can actually stop this run game well enough. And if they can get to Garoppolo, I, I think the backers definitely can win this game. Yeah, and um, Aaron Jones is kind of the one that I, I think of the most is going to be the biggest difference to kind of, I guess, to go along with the Green Bay offensive line because um, – like I said last week, I mean, besides Devontae Adams, um, I know we touched on Jimmy Graham earlier, but I just I just don't know how often um, Green Bay is going to be able to beat the San Francisco secondary besides Adams. So um, Aaron Jones is going to be a guy that I'm really excited to see how he performs in this matchup. And I can't remember, did he have that big of a game against the Niners the first time? I don't think he did. I don't believe but, Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's uh, been pretty pretty uh, beneficial in the screen game. So if Green Bay's maybe going to try to do that to counteract the uh, pass rush of San Francisco, I think that's going to go a long way in keeping Green Bay in this game is uh, just feeding Aaron Jones as much as possible and seeing how much San Francisco can consistently stop him. Uh, he went uh, on 13 carries, 38 yards, and target once didn't catch it. Actually, Jamal Williams had a big game that against the 49ers. Okay. That's uh, right. 45 yards on the ground and 35 through the air actually led them in receptions. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he's he's the guy that I think I'm really excited to watch on, on uh, Sunday for sure out of almost anybody. Yeah, and I really feel like the play, like you're saying, of Aaron Jones – where, you know, you're excited to watch him, but also if he doesn't perform, then I could also can the Packers. So I think it, it either goes one way or the other. So he will be a difference maker, like you said. Alessandro? The only thing here for me is Packers going to die because that front seven is ridiculous. And like you said, with Bulaga being out, that's that's going to make um, – um, which Bosa brother? Uh, Nick, Nick Bosa? That's why I never say because I can never remember. So, I believe yeah, it's, Nick. It's, it's Nick, yeah. Well, one of the Bosa brothers, what? he's going to come in, just eat up that whole line. I was going to say Joey too, Kayla. It's okay. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> he, this is my last air. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Um, again, well, I think Bulag is going to play. Again, I don't think an illness is going to cause him to be out for two weeks. Um, yeah, pretty serious if it is. Uh, but it seems like it was just a bug that was going around the team. I know a lot of other players were affected. Danny Vitale didn't play uh, last week against Seahawks uh, because of the illness. They had uh, actually Jay Sternberger play as a fullback whenever they needed to. And I thought he actually did pretty well. Um, although 
I don't know why I necessarily want him to replace Vitaly. I'd rather he replace Jimmy Graham. Back to that again. Um, okay, we he, agree on that. <laughs> I, again, and I'm going to write a... I've already got it kind of in my mind. The Packers off-season priority. Frankly, one of them is going to be cut Jimmy Graham. Save that... Because there's not a lot of dead cap. I mean, they. I think it's like a $12 million hit next year, and they save basically about 10 and a half million of it if they cut him before June 1st or before a certain date. So they, I feel like they, that's a no brainer. Get a linebacker that can help stop the run. Um, and we'll see it. Cause I, again, if the, if the 49ers can dominate on the ground that keeps the ball away from Rogers, that's going to be a huge problem. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome that. So I think it's, it's twofold. It's protecting against the, the, as Alessandro mentioned that murder is front seven. Um, and then also stopping the run. If you can do those two things, I actually like the Packers' chances, but those, both are tall tasks. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. much unrelated, but I really hope Brian Balaga plays because every time he has to do his player introduction, he has no emotion. He's just like, Brian Balaga, Balaga. Iowa, I'm a lineman. <laughs> Why do you do this? And uh, it's like the greatest thing I've ever seen, so I just want to see it again. Uh, consistent, <laughs> just like his performances on the field. And, I mean, he's had a phenomenal season. If not for the injuries, he probably be in an all-pro list just like Bakhtiari. Yes. Uh, anyway, so, uh, um, you know, actually didn't run as over as we did last time, so we can actually kind of focus a bit more on the playoff challenge that we did last week. Um, I'll be brief with mine. Everyone I picked last week got through, so it's super easy decision for me this weekend. Uh, within our group, I'm, I actually overtook the lead right now. Actually, Alessandro, what, what, what are your points at? I don't know if you remember. Um... I'm pulling it up right now. Give me a second. Are you, are you talking about our little thing where we picked the teams or the actual oh, NFL? The NFL playoff challenge. Okay, good. The One, group that seven. you were somehow un- unable to join. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know either. And that, that's, that's some crap, but you know what? We're, we're going to leave that alone. All right, so <laughs> I scored 105 points. Total or just last week? Just last week. Okay. Um. Total, I'm up to, let's see, uh, 175. Oh, okay, so you're in fourth. Actually, the, the four of us are the top four, so take that, other people in this group. <laughs> I'm still there. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you're ahead of Alessandro, so there, there you go. Yeah, yeah but take now that, I have, hater. Hey, I got King Henry, Tyree Kill, George Kittle, and the San Francisco 49ers defense. Yo, me uh, too. Trip. What are you talking about? I got yeah, all triple. Just, 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 Actually, you don't have the 49ers defense, Kayla. It it will be there. <laughs> yeah, but not at times two. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm right now. I'm leading at 239, and honestly, if I had scored zero week one, I'd still be leading because I scored 221 last week. Uh, I, I calculated 158 of that came from three players. So having Patrick Mahomes and then the two running backs, Damian Williams and Aaron Jones, with that times two bonus, that's what's doing it for me right now. Is is basically those three players are carrying me. Um, I at this point I'm not the only one who has Mahomes. I know Braden, you switched over last week, um, right? And then I believe uh, my friend Robbie also did that as well. So a couple of you have him, but not at the now entering a times three bonus for Mahomes. So that's that kind of puts me at an edge. The only thing I don't have though that all that the other three of you have is uh, Alessandro put it. I don't have Derrick Henry, and you know with Williams and Jones, I'm not switching. I'm going to go with the times three on both of them and hope that they both score enough that it kind of makes up for that and. Really, the end. The only way I I won't win this is if the Chiefs lose here. 
then I, that's a big risk for me because then you guys get Derrick Henry at a times four bonus. That might be too much for me to overcome in the Super Bowl. But I think as long as the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl, I, I don't see anyone catching me because I've got, uh, you know, Kelsey would be the only one, but none of us have him. So, uh, you know, if anyone's pivoting off Kittle to Kelsey this week, that might be the uh, the edge you get there. Because I'll be I'll be honest, I'll, I'll let you guys know kind of in advance, maybe I'm giving you advantage. I'm not switching off Kittle. I mean, I'm I've got times three bonuses across the board, or almost across the board. I'm going to keep it. I mean, I hope that we, you know, it was obviously a mistake to pick him, but I think it would be it would compound the mistake to switch now after Kelsey's already had that big game. You're not going to get that big game. I mean, he, right. maybe in store for it now, but I also think Kittle might be able to produce against the Packers. So, look right now as it sits, I have. I have Henry, I have Hill, Kittle, and the 49ers defense all rocking, except for, except for Hill. I didn't have Hill, so he's on times two. Everyone else is times three bonus. Nice. And um, the biggest thing for me now is I want to include everyone, every single, everyone from every single team. So I have at least someone going in mm-hmm. at a times two, a times three, or times four. If, you know, Derrick Henry does get the nod and they do go in. So, um, picking my team this time, I can't I can't deny Patrick Mahomes anymore. You know, I, I, I wrote it out. I thought Drew Brees was going to do something. Drew Brees failed me. And then I thought Russell Wilson was going to be magic. But, I mean, he, he did give me points. But, you know, he, he, he failed to go on. So, now I'm going on with Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully uh, this doesn't kill the uh, the Chiefs. Sorry, Braden, but <laughs> I, I have I have a bad tendency of picking teams and they end up failing miserably. So let's uh, hope that doesn't happen here. Uh, I'm gonna roll with uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then um, and then in the same in, in so I have Derek Henry as my RB two technically. He's one of my RBs, um, and I'm also rolling with Aaron Jones. Um, I like Rasheed Mozart, but it, it's too iffy against um, the Packers D because you do have Zedaria Smith and you do have a formidable front seven led by that bad man that got snubbed. I'm sorry, he did get snubbed. But um, if, if anything happens, um, it has to be through Jones, and I think Jones can do it. Um, if I look at the other side of the ball, I mean, I got Lewis and Damian Williams, and Damian Williams has a tough matchup, so it's between Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, and I already have Derrick Henry, so I'm going to take Aaron Jones. Um, I already have Tyreek, so I have the double up between Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Hopefully Tyreek Hill gives me some love, and we can go that route, but you know what? It is what it is. Well, I'm going to roll with it. Um and then I'm going to double up on the Packers, and I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Um, number one wide receiver, and in this game against San Francisco, I know they have some really great corners. Um, I'm just, you know, Adams has been their, his number one guy there, so I'm hoping for some more Adams and some big yardage. And then um, I'm keeping Kittle. I'm times three bones with Kittle. I've, I've rode him through when he had that bye week. I rode him through. And his win when he only had two points against the uh, um, um, Vikings. So I, I got rolled with my boy Kittle again. I, I, he's he's due he's due for a breakout game, either now or if or when he go to a Super Bowl, he's due for a breakout, and I need him to break out. 
times three bonus. Oof. If he could pull up what Kelsey did, oh, it'd be done. Be done and over. <laughs> well, and, I, and the thing with Kittle is it's, it's kind of the equalizer, right? Uh, all of us have him. And again, assuming that they go through all the way, I assume all of us are going to keep, you know, keep playing him every week to kind of, whereas yes. if one, because if that way, if one of us benefits, we all benefit. So it kind of, it prevents anyone from breaking away because of Kittle. Right. I think yeah. we all kind of had that with Michael Thomas, to be honest, at, as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, didn't, that backfired. And, um, uh, for my kicker, I'm going, nice. um, I'm going to ride out with uh, Harrison Butker. But Kerr, Butner, however you want to say it. Um, if I got Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek, I might as well ride without with him. Either all three of those guys are going to go forward and we'll get times two against, or excuse me, times two for my two guys, times three for Tyreek, or I want to start from scratch, you know, and then ty- then for sure, Derek Henry's going to get times four. So either way, I want to get a lot of people with double up on points. And then I want to. I'm going to keep rolling with the 49ers defense. I'm already times two on our defense. And, you know, if the 49ers win, then it's times three. And if they don't, then I'm rolling with uh, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams as times two. So, at very minimum, I'm going to have a lot of players times two, or I'll have a very few select players at times three and times four. So, you're, you're hedging the, the situation so that you can still find advantages no matter what happens. And again, Especially, you know, me being in top, if you're all chasing me, I have no Titans. <laughs> so that's the, that is maybe the one leverage point that everyone, all of you below me can kind of take advantage of, right? And I mean, you all have, you all have Henry, so that's the, goodness, that's the scary thing. <laughs> um, now, uh, quickly transition over to Braden, I think, actually, because he has a lot of the similar, similar players uh, that you do, uh, Alessandro, at least in your lineup last week, Braden. Yeah, so I actually just made one change for the second straight week. Um, I took out Debo Samuel, and I put Devontae Adams in his spot. Um, I guess I thought I should get um, one player from each team, so that's the only Packer I went with. I had Aaron Jones last week, but I I feel like uh, Adams may be the the guy that could score a touchdown more likely Mm -hmm. of the two. So, um. And again, the only Titan I have is Derrick Henry. Um, so for guys that I had last week um, that I'm using again this week, it's Mahomes, Derrick Henry, uh, Tyreek Hill, George Kittle. So half of my eight guys. And um, again, with with uh, with the Chiefs, I um, so I kind of went heavy on who I thought was going to win this week. Again, I took out Debo Samuel, but um, I kind of went with who I thought was going to be playing uh two weeks later so i went chiefs and niners a little heavier than green bay tennessee and um damian williams i keep doubting him maybe i shouldn't so i put him in this week as my second running back with derrick henry um because he has had a lot of receiving yards in the two playoff games last year and then obviously last week so um i'm hoping damian williams um against a defense like tennessee can continue to have some catches there uh, defense, I went with San Francisco. Um, I thought they were probably the best option of the four. I just, I really didn't know what, uh, which defense to go with there. And then Butker's who I went with at kicker. So, um, kind of, kind of a lineup where <laughs> I'm not really sure on some guys, how, how they'll do, if they'll continue what they did last week, but I'm kind of banking on, uh, chasing the points 
for a few guys like uh, Damian Williams, like I said, and and hopefully Kittle. I, the thing with uh, Williams was, uh, you know, I think there's no fear now that he's gotten the majority of the workload. Didn't he? Didn't he see something like 97 percent of the snaps last week? Yeah, I think so. Yep, it was. Uh, I think I saw McCoy had a couple, but it was really only like running routes, and he didn't have a catch. Yeah, they didn't. Um, you know, Williams is the only running back that touched the football. Yeah, um, I think so. Darwin I, Thompson was special teams mostly, so yeah, it was mostly Williams. I don't see why they would deviate now. <laughs> you know, clearly, <laughs> Andy Reid has tipped his head. That's the only running back he feels comfortable with. Um, right. So. Yeah, I think I, you know, it, I, when you first said that that you were going to go away from Jones and and you know lose that bonus potential, ooh, it's kind of, you know, it, it's a risky strategy. But you're, again, you've made a point that you're you're trying to set yourself up now to have as much as many bonuses in the Super Bowl as possible. And, you know, right. If you if you're so if you're kind of banking on a heavy Chiefs 49ers lineup, then it it you know makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, and also just um, I mean. I think the likelihood maybe too of, of how many points are scored Kansas city. I feel like um, maybe has the likelihood of scoring more than green Bay. So that's another thing I was going with, with Williams too, but yeah, it's just a couple of guys. I'm not really sure of, but hopefully it pays off. Awesome. Uh, Kayla, um, did you want to go through your lineup? Yeah, sure. Um, so I knew that I took a hit on some of my choices that I took, but I was disappointed to see that after the first week, I was I ranked uh, as high as 27,833, and then I fell all the way to 134,846, so that was disappointing in the world. I thought I was a little bit more up on that than, uh, you know, that bad, but I guess with all the people in the world, not terrible. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so at the last minute, I actually switched from the 49ers defense over to the Ravens defense. Uh, it was a, something that I was debating on for a while, um, clearly made the wrong choice, but, uh, I just thought, you know, Baltimore's defense at home, like I said on the last podcast, I thought the Super Bowl ran through Baltimore, um, so now that they were upset, uh, I have to repick a defense and a quarterback because I went with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson could have done worse. He did give me 26 points. Um, so I'm happy about that. But in all honesty, I'm probably going to end up going with Patrick Mahomes and just join, you know, the wagon here with you guys. Because uh, at this point, uh, I think, you know, what I said earlier, I think Kansas City will now be in the Super Bowl. Um, so getting a times two bonus on Mahomes is really would be really helpful. Um, and, uh, I did take Derek Henry as my times two bonus and I was joking. I was like, Hey, you know, I got two instead of one now, but booyah, I got three. Um, so that's exciting. And then, uh, I did make an interesting pick, I think for my second running back. Um, I did think the Texans were going to lose the game. However, I saw that 4% of the entire fantasy pool picked Carlos Hyde. Um, so Brayden, I know I texted you and I was like, so, uh, how do you think <laughs> gonna do do you think he's gonna kind of do uh what he did last time and uh <laughs> obviously you're busy and you're like hey i just got out of uh my wrestling thing uh, and this is like six yeah. o'clock i was like well i already put him in um but <laughs> i saw that you know he got 
more than 100 yards he scored um and I wasn't sold on the matchups with other running backs I mean like you guys I wasn't buying into the Damian Williams idea um he also only had one carry the last time they played Houston and I know that was when him and LaShawn McCoy were in some sort of funk or whatever but uh, I was like eh, not really a believer um and then I didn't like the Aaron Jones matchup with Seattle. Um, I almost pulled the trigger on Marshawn Lynch, but I didn't. I, I'm upset. Um, yeah, because that would have been better. You could have got the two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm watching the game, and I was like, of course, another score. But that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I only got five points with Carlos Hyde, which was disappointing. But um, I kind of I took a really big gamble on it, and it didn't pay off. So hopefully some sort of gamble does this week. Um, but I also want DeAndre Hopkins just because I found a stat. I wish I could remember it word for word. But um, in a f- small sample size of games, or I guess small amount of games, I should say, in his career against Kansas City, he had like four more touchdowns than games played in his career. And I think his games played were either like five or six. Um, so he either had nine or 10. And I liked the upside because I figured Houston was going to be down and they were going to have to pass. Um, so I thought that he would be the best option to get a touchdown. So that's where I was thinking with that. Um, he got 11 points. Not great, but it's all good. Um, and then I had the two times bonus on Tyree Kill. So that was disappointing, but I'm going to roll with him again this week because he has three times bonus. Why wouldn't you? Um, and then George Kittle, again, even more disappointing. Um, so I still have the three times bonus. So the odds of me changing that are going to be pretty low. Um, and then I ended up going with Robbie Gould for my kicking option, which paid off because he tied for the highest points last week for a kicker. Um, so I will be going with him again um, just because I'll have the bonus. And I think, you know, the 49ers could be forced to have to attempt some field goals uh, with the Packers defense. So I like the option for field goals. Uh, I really don't know which defense I'm going to pick for this week. Um, You know, you guys are talking about trying to get as many bonuses as possible. I guess my strategy with going Carlos Hyde and DeAndre Hopkins, even though I was pretty certain they were going to lose. But, you know, I made my game predictions this year and everybody I was certain with has lost. So whatever. Um, Take that with a grain of salt, I guess, because, you know, whatever. But um, that was my strategy. So I might try to do that again. But, you know, looking at the defenses, am I going to pick the Titans? Probably not. I might go with the 49ers because I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Sorry, Kyle. Um, But then that being said, a lot of people are probably thinking that. So do I want to go Green Bay or do I want to go Green Bay player? But obviously people are going to pick Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. So if I'm going to separate myself, then I have to pick, you know, Jimmy Graham. And I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think defense is really the only question that I have, but um, I might, you know, pull a random wide receiver out of it just to try um and random is probably not that random if I pick like AJ Brown but um I've my goal has been just to try to pick the, the players that I think have the high upside in the games that's why I went Hyde and Hopkins last week even though I didn't think they were gonna go forward so if they would have gotten more points it would have been better but I'm probably not gonna win so and then you know the the low percentage picks I think that's something you're kind of prioritizing as well to try and make way in the, in the big contest not just in our little group but the overall ranking yeah i mean it was disappointing that i dropped so far in the world but it's fine and i mean to me you guys all going mahomes even though you know i'm going mahomes kind of speaks to that right where you're less concerned about our group and more concerned with just your your overall performance in in the ranking 
I mean, I have a better chance beating you if we have some of the same players. So. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but as mentioned, with you know, with me, if if I get Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I get him at a time sport bonus. It's really going to be tough for you guys to come back. You know, can't even just keep up with that alone. Um, but again, again, the risk is I don't have Derrick Henry, so that's that's where it all comes <laughs> down to. So <laughs> I'm banking. I'm hoping for the Chiefs to win almost as much as Braden is. <laughs> I just yeah. Hopefully it's uh. Hopefully it's like the second half. I'll just say that against Houston, go on that big of a run, and then um, Henry won't be used as much. I know that wouldn't help me in the fantasy, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm obviously just hoping for a low-scoring NFC game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alessandro, Kayla, do you have any hopes and aspirations this uh, divisional round week weekend? I just don't want to lose any more money. That's it. Maybe I just should stop betting, but that's not going to happen. So I just don't want to lose <laughs> any more money. Here we go, Titans. Here we go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the <laughs> tight end song. It's a tight beat. Uh, really glad it ended. <laughs> wow. Now I really hope for a high score. It's so beautiful. I'm sorry, Alessandro. I, I should encourage you to be creative and musical and expressive in, in many ways. I shouldn't ridicule, ridicule, ridicule you, even though I can't properly speak or, or properly host tonight. So. <laughs> well, I say, don't worry, Kyle. I, I'm very ter- terrible. I can't hold a tune. It may be surprising to hear, but I can't hold a tune. It's okay, man. So you're closer to the fish than you are the piano. Because if you can't tune a piano... cat, as in the cat. Can- 2020 than the you can, you can tuna fish. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. One of the worst jokes ever. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Mm. Now, Alessandro almost ruined it by interrupting, but that's okay. Because <laughs> you're not here for tuna jokes or cat farm talk, although you're going to get a lot of cat farm 2020 talk. Yeah, farm. Uh, Did Spectrum give you a cat order yet? I'm still waiting on it. I'm still waiting on Spectrum to give my damn cat. <laughs> you can increase the cat form. Just kill him for the kitty. Itching for the kitty, I guess, would have been funnier. Ah, I can't even make jokes properly. <laughs> <laughs> no, cow! Uh, you, know, you know, really going off the rails then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for making it this far in the podcast. <laughs> and not turning it off immediately as I butchered everything. Um, so thanks. Because I thought there was a lot of good analysis about these games in here. Um, and also talk from, from myself as well, um, as usual. And Jimmy Graham hate and rants. That's not going to stop until they cut him. Um, so hopefully it stops this offseason. We'll find out that later. Uh, as of right now, again, we have divisional, or sorry, we have divisional round to, uh, to think about and, and ponder as uh, you know, we still kind of reacting, dissecting to those games even a couple days later. Uh, and we have NFC and AFC championship games to look forward to in just a few days. So uh, really glad, glad that we're you know we've arrived arrived here. I know I'm really glad the Packers have gotten this far. Uh, Braden's certainly happy the Chiefs have gotten this far, and Alessandro and Kayla just happy the Patriots aren't in the playoffs. So uh, <laughs> hooray for everybody! <laughs> when the Patriots lose, America wins. Oh, they always win. Um, are we doing score predictions or no? 
Uh, sure, yeah. All right. The first game is... I don't know. Saturday, Sunday? Uh, yeah. Tennessee at Kansas City? I do know. Okay. Um, yeah, who wants to give a score prediction? Because I'm not ready. Um, yeah, I was actually just about to check the spread on that and see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at that yet. I'm cheap and I go by that. No, um, so... Uh, I'm expecting both defenses to struggle. So, uh, you know, you got to expect a, a decently high scoring game here on both sides. Um, I, would know, I mean, the Texans and Chiefs combined for 82 points. So I, I think it's going to be around there. Maybe not as much of a spread. Sorry, Alessandro, go, go ahead. I was agreeing with you. It should, uh, should be about many points. So I'm going to go with, um, we'll say, 40-36 Chiefs. Um, I'll go Kansas City 38, Tennessee 21. Ooh. You've got faith, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll take Kansas City. I was going to say 38 before you even said that. Um, and Tennessee... Trying to do some math in my head, which is a weak spot in my life, but uh, 30, 38, 30. Oh, I can't help myself. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. I already said it. Uh, 40, what did I say? 40, 36. Well, I'm looking at the over under, and the over under for this game is 52, and the spread is 75. So. That being said, seven point. You mean seven point five? Yeah, seven point five. I maybe. don't think anyone's expecting the Chiefs to win by seventy five, especially if the game total is only fifty two. <laughs> I was looking at the percentage of the, ch- <laughs> the chance to win, which is seventy five point one. I was like, don't worry. I, I was I was wondering why I said seven five. Um, fifty two, seven point five. I'm still going to take the t- the Titans here. I'm sorry, guys, but you know I made a mistake of going with the Ravens and going with the Patriots. I'm not making that mistake again. So if they win, then congratulations to the Chiefs. If they don't, then I'm ruined with the Titans. So um, I'm going to roll with the Titans. I'm going to say 32-22 just to make the spread nice and even. All right. Uh, then Packers, 49ers. Like I said, I've been, you know, basically, you know, maybe maybe a little too much of this at halftime. Um <laughs> Or maybe even maybe even a little too much of this as soon as the 49ers beat the Vikings. But, okay, what are the Packers going to have to do to beat the 49ers in the championship game? And luckily, I don't play for the Packers, so I, I'm allowed to have that mentality and, and not affect <laughs> the team's performance on Sunday. Certainly, I hope they obviously weren't thinking about that game because they were they were ready to play. Um, but, again, I, I, I struggle to see how the Packers are going to eclipse 20 points. So, of course, I'm going to pick the Packers to win, but it's got to make logical sense. So I'm picking them. Uh, I think they'll win. I think they can get two touchdowns, and that's about it. And they're going to struggle to move the football beyond that. So I'm going to say they win 14 to 12. Mm. I'm kind of going back and forth if I think it's going to be that close of a game or not. I'll say um, I'll say it's a lot closer game than maybe what I was thinking originally. I'll say San Francisco 27, Green Bay. 
will take San Francisco 23-19. to 19. I think uh, they'll get a safety on Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> um, Over-unders 45, spread again is at 7.5. Uh, I won't have to go with a little bit of a bigger margin. Sorry, I kind of I, I have more faith in San Fran's defense than Green Bay's defense, so I won't go uh, twi- I won't go 27, um, 27 49ers, and I won't go 18 Green Bay. think that uh, that front seven's going to harass Aaron Rodgers. I know he's the Hail Mary King, but I think they're going to harass him just, just enough to uh, make him make mistakes. I mean, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised seven and a half for both spreads. I kind of expect both games to be closer than that. So a little, little surprising. I mean, I guess I, I understand well, why Vegas. Tuesday, so wait till the Thursday. Yeah, injury. that's so. true. Too. Yeah, we are kind of doing this still early in the week here. I, I guess I understand the 49ers getting that big edge against the Packers. We saw they beat them by 29 in the regular season. So yeah. <laughs> I think seven, seven and a half is probably reasonable with that <laughs> mentality. But if we're going with that, the <clears throat> Titans beat the Chiefs in the regular season, and they're, you know, they just beat the Ravens and the, the Patriots. So, I don't know. Seven and a half seems a little disrespectful to the Titans and the success that they've had lately. And I think seven and a half otherwise for the 49ers, I think it's, I think people are giving a little too much credit to the 49ers offense. I don't think that they're going to be able to score enough to, to separate themselves. They could also get defensive scores. I don't know if you were part of that comes from. That's, that's true. Um but still, uh, Rodgers hasn't. They haven't. The Packers haven't turned it over yet in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm more rolling on, you know, the the 49er defense shutting down the Packers rather than the 49ers offense rolling the uh, Packers defense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I know Vegas has it at 26 for the 49ers, 19 for the Packers. I can see this. Hey, 19, I, yes. You see, I, I see that's about right for the Packers. I, I think the 49ers are going to struggle to to get to 26 points. I think I would be very surprised, actually. I, again, I'm thinking neither team gets to 20 points, but that's just me. Um, and yeah, and this is just us here at the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Um, thank you, Braden, for joining us. Uh, at yeah, Uber thanks for having nine. me. Or, sorry, I'll, I can let you plug yourself if you want. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at eBearCat9. Um, so this week I had a Chiefs-Texans game recap article come out Monday, and then um, for today on Tuesday I kind of argued what was the bigger problem for the Chiefs, Derrick Henry or the Titans defense, just because I think Titans D is underrated going into this game, but um, a lot of people would probably say Derrick Henry, so I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'm probably going to have, like I did last week, um, some strategic articles looking at Kansas City's O versus Tennessee D and vice versa. Um, and then eventually the game preview. I had a new episode of the FPC Chiefs podcast recapping the division round game come out earlier today on Tuesday. So check that out. And um, hopefully I'll have a guest um, that covers the Titans uh, join me for Friday's episode. So stay tuned for that and uh, just uh, enjoy the games this week. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Braden, once again, for, for continuing to join us on this podcast. Definitely a you know, valued resource that we uh, appreciate having on. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Uh, my co-hosts, Alessandro at AM underscore senator, Kayla Morton's at MortonSalt74, and myself, Kyle Sender at Nyama underscore KS. 
Uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, check out the Full Press Radio Network. This podcast is on in syndication as well as all sorts of other great podcasts. Raiden just mentioned the Full Press Coverage Chiefs. I do Full Press Coverage Packers as well. Uh, tons of great content. Uh, Black Tuesday Pods, one of my favorites. Uh, Terry does a really great job covering the Raiders and a lot of different social issues. It's a great listen. Um, but yeah, so all this can be found on the Full Press Radio Network. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Alessandro, Kayla, any final words? Are you going to synchronizedly say great again? Great. Great. Darn it, Alessandro. Whoa, whoa, why is this on me? I was trying to get one, two, three. You were off. Well, you you (laughs) didn't do that the first time we were on, so I just went for it. (laughs) Of course. Catcorn 2020. Yeah, from 2020. All right, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Yeah, love having you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for that, Alessandro. <laughs> Your charm is irresistible. <laughs> yeah, I will. Thank you all for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.